Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Your money matters with Prescott Private Wealth. Your host, Drew Prescott, may discuss specific financial planning and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, a member of FINRA and SIPC. Prescott Private Wealth is a separate entity from LPL Financial. Always consult a professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Warning. Your Money Matters includes views that will not align with insurance agents, stockbrokers, commodity peddlers, and any other so-called financial professional who has their financial interest in mind over yours. Listener discretion is advised. Now, the most exciting and provocative financial radio show and podcast available to you at this moment. Your Money Matters, the home of a balanced view of the economy, investments, planning, and politics. Here he is, the president and wealth advisor at Prescott Private Wealth, and your host, Drew Prescott. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Money Matters. I'm Drew Prescott, your host. I am the president and wealth advisor here at Prescott Private Wealth. We are based out of Troy, New York on Hoosick Street, and uh, very excited to have you listening today. So first of all, let me just say thank you so much for your listenership means a tremendous amount to me and I want to bring a couple of things to your attention today I think they're timely uh, hopefully you find some value in learning about them and maybe it'll help you kind of sift all of these random thoughts that are flying through your head about our economy about politics about the market as a whole and uh, let's just see if we can't sift through all of this and and just get back to some good old common sense and, uh, yeah, so, you know, I I follow uh, a lot of different things on social media. I don't pay too much attention to a lot of it. Uh, a lot of it I find humorous. And uh, But there are some things here uh, that definitely require you to pay attention to. And one of them was an article that was written, a uh, great article, by the way, uh, it was in Market Watch. If you're not familiar with Market Watch, Market Watch, uh, you can look at it online. Just a, a great source of timely and uh, pertinent information. But there was a young lady, Jill, Jillian Berman. She wrote a wonderful piece uh, this week, and it talked about the huge amount of debt that's owed in rent, in student loans, and then even goes on to talk about the debt ceiling. So, you know, these are things that we continue to hear about. Maybe you know a little bit about them. Maybe you don't. So uh, let's just walk through them together. Uh, another piece that I wanted to make sure to touch on, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talking about this uh, child tax credit. Uh, not really coming out of uh, the camp of my clients, but I hear it out there on the street with uh, friends and family and just want to make sure that you have an understanding of what that is. You know, 
about, I think back in June, uh, if you qualified for this child tax credit, you would have received an email asking you if you want to receive the check each month for the remainder of the year or if you want to opt out and not take the check. So I think the average individual just thought, hey, this is fantastic. Let me take the check. You know, uh, depending upon the age of your children, you could get somewhere between 300 or 250 depending upon their age and uh, your income. So, you know, with these checks, what I want to tell you is, you know, these these are Trojan horses, in my opinion. So you want to be careful because these are going to have a lasting implication on your tax return at the end of 2021. So if you do have a family member that's receiving these checks and they have children, you know, make sure that that you go and you seek out the proper counsel. You're going to want to talk to your uh, tax professional about this, okay? So find out if it makes sense to take the checks today. And if you do take the checks today, do you have the uh, right dependents uh, on the IRS website? Are the ages appropriate? Because if any of your children uh, go over the age of 17 inside of this tax year, you're no longer going to qualify uh, at 18 years old. They're not going to be considered a dependent for the child care uh, tax credit. So make sure that uh, you don't fall into that bracket. The other piece is that, remember, this is not free money. This is ultimately an advancement of your child tax credit. So you are, you know, you're taken from the till, and that means that later on you could owe more in taxes because you've been borrowing from your credit through the second half of this year. So again, I'm not an accountant, but... I know enough to say, hey, you know what? Be careful here. Make sure that you understand what you're doing. And uh, I think that that's a good, timely word of advice for some people out there. So make sure that you get with a seasoned professional that can help you through your specific situation. Now, uh, let me dive into this article by uh, Jillian Berman. Again, as I said, it was on Market Watch this week and uh, just a great piece. She dives into the debt uh that could actually potentially end up costing people their housing or their homes. And uh, they, the article says that nearly 6.4 million households owe an estimated 21.3 billion, that's with a B like Bravo, in rent debt. So it's putting them at risk of losing their homes when the national eviction moratorium expires on this Saturday. So though... You know, this back rent, it's a, you know, it's a phenomenon, but it predates the pandemic. And uh, what we are up against now is uh, there's a quote here by a lady named Susan Shin. She's a legal director at the New Economy Project, which hosts a hotline that provides free advice and referrals to uh, low-income New York City residents. And she said that they have heard from people who are struggling to afford rent after they lost their jobs due to pandemic uh, or they had limited income because they're impacted by COVID-19 in some kind of a way. She said that there's been a tremendous uptick in the calls uh, who from people who are concerned about their growing rent debt. So the uh, there has been, as you know, there's been various coronavirus relief packages 
that have made about $46 billion in funds available for renters to use to cover back rent and to make uh, landlords whole. Now, that could mitigate the renter's eviction risk, but here's the problem that the money which is being distributed through states and localities, it's slowly coming out, and it may not come out in time. So that could put a little bit of a pinch on people here. But one thing that you should know, if you're a landlord and you are investing in rental properties and you you may come across this issue, uh, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, they launched a tool this week and it's, it's specifically for renters and landlords to be able to find local programs to help you uh, with any financial assistance that you might need. You work your way right over to consumerfinance.gov, consumerfinance.gov. That'll give you kind of an outline of the assistance programs available. So, uh, yeah, so kind of a you know, sad situation thinking about people potentially being at jeopardy of uh, maybe even being homeless. But, um, you know, I think that I think that there's there's some programs out there that will help you as a landlord's um, property owners and even renters. If you're in a pickle, um, you know, go ahead, go to that website, see if you can get the assistance that you need and uh, hopefully make the landlord whole. So uh, now the other problem that Jillian dove into here is student debt. Now, as you know, as President Biden was running his campaign, there was a lot of talk about uh, student loan forgiveness. And, you know, recently we've kind of seen uh, this so-called institutional debt starting to be forgiven. But one thing you should know, institutional debt, that is not student loan debt, okay? So institutional debt, uh, debt can actually be things like you know unpaid tuition, parking, library fees, but collectively, you know, it really amounts to quite a bit. It's about fifteen billion dollars. But what we were hearing on the campaign trail is that the uh, the student loans, where we were listening to. Uh, you know, a lot of mainstream Democrats talking about canceling the student loans. So we had Chuck Schumer, Elizabeth Warren, and they were calling on President Biden even last week, urging him to cancel up to $50,000 in student debt per borrower. But Nancy Pelosi reported that, you know, this is not President Biden's uh, job. He does not have the power to cancel student debt Uh she had kind of doubled down and said that it has to be an act of Congress. But, you know, earlier in the year, you may have heard some things where they were talking about President Biden was uh, talking about uh, canceling the student loan debt and that he was going to ultimately look to affect this through the use of uh, an executive order. However, uh, I don't think that that is something that that they will be uh, able to do. I don't think it's going to be very productive because there are certainly enough headwinds in other areas that uh, the Democrats need to continue to gain ground. But one of the things that is most front and center is the debt ceiling. And so if you are 
not aware of what the debt ceiling actually means. You know, we've heard this countless times through the years about debt ceiling, the fiscal cliff, um, you know, but ultimately policymakers right now, they're gearing up for a battle over the government's debt. So if you remember in 2019, Congress suspended the debt ceiling, which is a debt ceiling is ultimately the limit on the amount of uh, money that the government can borrow. But that suspension is set to expire on Saturday as well. So Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned lawmakers that if they don't act to raise the debt ceiling by Monday, the Treasury Department will likely begin taking extraordinary measures to prevent the U.S. from defaulting on its obligations. But Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has said the Republicans won't vote to do it. So, you know, let's just kind of go through a little bit of history on the debt ceiling here and, and what that means. So the debt ceiling was established by Congress back in 1917, and it was a way to make it easier for President Woodrow Wilson to finance America's participation in World War I. So before 1917, Congress would actually need to provide uh, authorization every time that the government wanted to borrow money. But legislation passed by the Congress that year allowed for the government to roll over its debt without seeking the permission from lawmakers. So uh, you can see that was kind of like opening Pandora's box. But, you know, here we are now. It's kind of an ongoing thing. Uh, but, you know, back then, um, you know, it was kind of giving uh, President Wilson, you know, a blank check. And subsequent to that, we have continued on that same pathway. So what does what does that mean today? So when you hear this talk about the debt ceiling needing to be raised, ultimately what what I think of is... Uh, remember when you used to play the game of Monopoly? Maybe, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But let me just explain something to you. I think it was Monopoly. It was Monopoly or it was Life. No, it wasn't Monopoly. It was Life. So uh, what what had happened is, you know, everybody would get their money at the beginning of the game. And, you know, everybody should uh, be a good steward of the money, spend it appropriately, and so on and so forth. However, they always had these red, these red dollar bills, right? And... Uh, I forget what they called them, but ultimately it was a loan. So you didn't want to end the game with all these loans. And it didn't mean that when you ran out of money that the game ended, right? It just meant that you're going in the hole. And ultimately that's what we're dealing with right now is that our, our government is not going to stop spending money. That has nothing to do with the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling does not prohibit the government from spending money. Uh, what it would do ultimately is it would stop them from borrowing at the rate that they want to borrow. So how many times have we been in this situation? I feel like it's, you know, one more time around the mulberry bush. And we're going to see this. How many times have we seen in the last 20 years? I mean, it's been it's been considerable. So. So what does all this mean? Right. We've here we are. You know, we just talked about uh we have programs to help landlords keep people in their apartments. We have programs to help renters stay in their housing. Uh, we have mortgage programs to back up people that are not able to make their mortgage payment. We've got a call for ending student debt. 
we've got a call to increase the uh, the the ceiling of our debt as well. And uh, you know, meanwhile, again, this is uh, I, I I take this with a grain of salt. I don't I don't believe that uh, we will see this, but there's rumors, right? There's rumors out there that are talking about uh, potentially. Um, states shutting down uh, coming into late fall here. Maybe, maybe not. But I'll tell you what, if that were to happen, you know, that's going to compound what we're talking about here. So what, what I want to speak to you about today is two things. Number one, with all of this money just flowing, you know, you can think of a sieve and uh, water just flowing right through the sieve. We need to do something. And as a country, there's really, I've, I've been saying this for years, you know, we've got Social Security, which is an unfunded liability that other areas have borrowed from. And we've got Medicare. Medicare is actually three times the unfunded liability of Social Security. But nobody wants to talk about this. No one's talking about it. But here is what you need to consider on your end. These things will unfold. And how do you properly prepare yourself to deal with this? Well, ultimately, there's going to be three ways that you're going to be affected by this. First is it is highly likely and reasonable to assume that taxes will increase. So taxes, as you know, will create the revenue to offset these entitlement programs. If you don't have a higher tax base, then it's unlikely that you can pay your debt. Now, there's camps out there that would say, hey, we don't have to increase taxes. We need to increase the economy. You know what? That works too. But currently, it looks as though the compass is pointed towards increasing taxes. So that means that your investing needs to be that much sharper and tighter as it relates to investing because you need to focus not on your rate of return so much, but on your net, okay? And from that, your total rate of return, okay, what, what you need to do is focus on taxation and how that plays a part in your overall investing strategy. The second component here is going to be you need to have a good financial plan. And when I say a good financial plan, I'm not talking about some, um, you know, college intern coming over to your home through the summer here and, and running a, um, a little program that says, hey, if you need $4,000 or $10,000 or $40,000 a month for income, then this is what you need to save and everything is isolated to one page. That's, that's not a financial plan. We call that a needs a needs-based analysis, okay? Very, very entry level, 
All right, great for a first look, but that's not a financial plan. What you need to do is we need to have you drill down into the cost of your health insurance, your Medicare premiums, your social security distribution strategy, your guaranteed income streams, your pension, your dividends, all of these different things need to be addressed and looked at from a, uh, a watchful eye and a critical eye, frankly. Uh, you want to have somebody tear this apart and don't get so stuck in your style of investing, all right? Maybe it's worked for you over the years, but I'm telling you right now, what we're going to see going forward, it's going to be very different than what we've seen in the past. I'm not saying that the economy is going to fall apart. I don't believe that for one moment, quite frankly. Um, I have people all the time asking me, should I buy gold? Should I buy tangible gold? Uh, you know, and they're asking these questions. Makes sense. But I'll tell you this. What are you going to do if you've got a pile of gold because the economy has collapsed? That's what everyone's afraid of, right? The U.S. dollar is not going to be worth anything. We just continue to print dollars. All of these things the, the U.S. dollar being printed, yes, it drives down the, the value of the dollar. We know that. But think about this. If, if, you, if you're into history and you like to read on history, may, maybe you've read on this in the past. Maybe you haven't. But, you know, before the Civil War, a lot of Southern families buried Confederate money. And after the war, you know what that Confederate money was worth? Nothing. So those families survived. Not only did they survive, they thrived, okay? So don't get so tied up in those things. Don't get so tied up in thinking, I need to have, you know, a million dollars of gold. I got to tell you something. If you got a million dollars in gold, in tangible gold, good for you. That's fantastic. Um, you know, I looked in my safe, and I didn't have a million dollars of gold. So you're way ahead of me. Congratulations. But... Think about this. Do you think that it's reasonable that if the that if the society were to collapse, that you would be able to just go out and buy everything with your gold? Number one, people aren't going to be able to make change. And number two, you're going to have a target on your back. Um, so, uh, you know, what, what we're going to experience is not that. So if you think for a moment that this economy is going to collapse, that the stock market is going to crash, that all of these terrible things are going to happen. I'm here to tell you it's unlikely. It's very unlikely. But what you need to concern yourself with is the third point that I want to make is your income. Okay? So what are you doing to ensure that no matter what happens with the market, whether it goes up or down, or whether these entitlement programs are reduced, right? That points towards more of a pay-as-you-go system. And my question to you is, are you prepared for that? You know, Stacy and I, we like to go out to dinner quite a bit. And when we go out to dinner, there's a lot of families that we see you know, pretty consistently. And uh, there's this one family that every time we go out to dinner, we would see them. And so we noticed that they weren't there any longer. A couple weeks in a row, and followed by a couple more weeks, and uh, they weren't there. 
So uh, ran into them over at Price Chopper. Great couple. And uh, I said to them, hey, we miss seeing you. How's everything going? And um, the husband said, you know, with a little bit of um, I don't know, disappointment, I, I guess is probably the best way to say it. Yeah, he was just saying how um, he had lost a lot of income through COVID. And as a result, he started taking more risk with his investment portfolio and um, didn't seek out professional help and ended up getting hurt. And as a result, they needed to start to pull back on their lifestyle. Uh, they canceled some vacations that they had planned. They are not going out to dinner as much anymore. Um, as a matter of fact, they made it sound like they're not going out to dinner at all, which is really sad because that is certainly one of the ways that they found a, a lot of enjoyment. And uh, I know for us, we enjoy certain things that we have become accustomed to through life. And those are held in place um, by our income. But when you get a little bit older and you get into your retirement or you get closer to your retirement, it's that much more important that you have designed a revenue stream or an income plan based off of your investments that are paying attention to the taxation factor in addition to um, the predictability of that income. So there are vehicles, there are tools that you can use to do that. Um, you know, what you want to do is you want to clearly identify what your income needs to be in all environments and once you have that, then you can design a plan around how am I going to generate this income? Can I do this with the amount of money that I have? And if I can do this with the amount of money that I have, how do I properly ensure myself that this money will continue to come in no matter what type of a market condition we have and I can help you with that I have a lot of experience in designing plans around that so if that's something that is important to you if you have a lifestyle that you cherish and you just enjoy your freedom that you have right now but you're also concerned that if the market were to get jittery you could potentially see yourself in a situation just like the couple that I had mentioned then reach out to me. Let's get together. Let's walk through a tailored income plan for you and your family. And let's look at what would happen in the different market environments with this as well. Okay? So I'd love to have you reach out. If this is of concern to you and uh, you want to just get pumped up about the opportunity of what we see going forward in the market if you want to make sure that your investments are uh, paying attention to taxation paying attention to the landscape of the economy give us a call 518-203-1983 again 518-203-1983 look us up on facebook prescott private wealth you can find us there like us follow us 
uh, some good information. Also, working on redoing the website here. We're going to have a nice little landing page so you can get signed up to receive ebooks. Uh, you'll also receive invites to our upcoming webinars and just a lot of exciting things here. And uh, just want to enjoy, you know, invite you to get on the train. We're moving, moving forward here, having a lot of success. A lot of wonderful and just rich relationships that we enjoy with our clients. And uh, just, again, would love to have you. And I just want to thank you again. Hey, it's Sunday. It's 1.30. You could be doing a lot of things. But, hey, thanks for playing this radio show as you're going about your day. I really appreciate it. So, as I say every time, may God bless you and may God bless America. Thanks again and hope to see you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.